Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. Break the hell, Rick Sergeant, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Get in crash position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. We had everything we needed for a road course race today, including what we thought might come to blows, but the one that might receive or give a blow decided to blow it to a wall. We'll get to that. But I will say this. I just hope that the Texas Longhorns kicker gets in, gets in the NFC, excuse me, the AFC West, and you will have a Dicker as a kicker and a Butker as a kicker. That would be greatness as uh, Butker just uh, got within 11 points of your Kansas City Chiefs and your Buffalo Bills. If only they were the offspring of Dick Buckus. Ah, right on. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, Statman Carruthers, he's here. Uh, big show for you tonight. Alan Cert Jr. has a new book out. It came out August, excuse me, October 1st. We're going to catch up with him and the author, Jade Gerse, coming up in the second hour. Tommy Milner, who won the uh, Imsen WeatherTech GTLM race in uh, Virginia Saturday afternoon. He'll be joining us this hour. And, of course, what happened at the Roval uh, this afternoon in Charlotte, where Kyle Larson was having issues not just with the car, but with the car's engine. The alternator losing power uh, fell all the way back to... um, to a position that a lot of people consider to be back markers and then worked his way up. I have no idea if we're watching greatness, if the stars are just aligning, or if there is some what was Unix first name, Statman? Smokey. Yeah. If there's <laughs> Statman's voice has changed. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Statman's voice got a little higher nice than job, normal. Stat. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you. If there's some smoky eunuch stuff going on with Kyle Larson, because dudes won three road course races, seven races this year, and had a chance to be eliminated in this race in Charlotte, but it didn't happen. Man, if I'd have told you in the middle of stage two as they were changing the alternator belt, you would win this thing, what would you have said? <laughs> I wouldn't have believed though, that's for sure. Um I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't even really feel that good early. Um, started changing some things up there, you know, doing a good job. Let me know what to do inside the cockpit to get better. And then about that time I noticed my battery was going low. So I was getting stressed out like, man, I'm not going to get knocked out of the playoffs like this, <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't looking too good. And thankfully everybody in our five car did a great job of staying calm. Cliff as always did a great job communicating with me. What, what was going on? Uh, getting us changed, the battery changed, alternator, whatever is <laughs> whatever it takes <laughs> to get a change to get our battery staying uh, running. That's no lie. And stat, as we talked about last week, about or week before last, if Larson does not win the championship or gets bumped out, which he had every reason to get bumped out this afternoon, it would be a disgrace to. Uh, Motorsports, and it was that close, Statman, where Kyle Larson was about to get bumped out of 
the chase for the championship. Well, he doesn't have to not win the championship. I mean, he he could not win the championship. I don't know who else would be there. Maybe Hamlin, although I have personal reasons about that. But I, if he didn't even get the chance to be the champion, that's criminal. And that is an abomination to motorsports if he doesn't even get a chance to be the champion. That's dumb. That's above all else. It's dumb. He needs to be, you know, screw the gimmicks or whatever people want to call it. He needs to be in the final four is basically what you're saying. And then after that, it's like, well, it's fate. We'll have it from there. Yeah. He needs to, he needs to have a chance to be champion. You know, I mean, that, that was it 2007 when the, New England Patriots were undefeated and had a chance to have an undefeated season. They at least got to the Super Bowl and had a chance to play for it. If they had reached the end of the regular season and somebody said you didn't score enough points during the year, so uh, you can't go into the playoffs. Uh, so everybody, it would have been a large hue and cry about that. Uh, Kyle Larson needs to have a chance to be champion, whether or not he gets it or not. But to deny him that opportunity because he had one of the greatest seasons in NASCAR history is stupid. World-class, Hall of Fame, All-Pro, Heisman Trophy winning stupid. Wow. Legit. (laughs) How do you really feel? Crasher, I will say this. You're going to have to do your pit news and notes tonight without any music. I will give you a few when you hit six past the hour. You'll just follow my lead on this because I decided to get crazy with some audio and eliminate all the timelines that I had. And if only we just had a video in here to see that you were shaking your head when you said, I got a little crazy. You did a little Bob Ross right there, Kenny. Mm -hmm. I got a little crazy with some audio today. Oops. We are going to reset with some affiliates (laughs) to get right back with some Crash Gladys bit news and notes. You got Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Speed Freaks. We're therefore on Facebook and, of course, on Instagram. You follow us on uh, our website at speedfreaks.tv. Coming up in a moment, your Crash Gladys pit news and notes. But first, it's brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Go to generaltire.com. That's generaltire.com to check out the line of tires to keep your ride on the road. And now through the end of October, might I say, you could save up to about 100 bucks, about 100 bucks back for light truck or SUV tires that you purchase. For qualifying SUV or light truck tires, you just might take home up to a $100 Visa prepaid card. Crasher? Speaking of, hey, oh, and now we do have music. Speaking of, we were camping this past week, a little bit of fall break action, and saw a few trucks pulling campers, and of course they had General Tire. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool to see. All right, let's get to motorsports. Formula One racing a tricky wet track throughout the duration of the Turkish Grand Prix this weekend. Lewis Hamilton finished fifth. Max Verstappen second, therefore he reclaimed the points lead. Well, Valtteri Bottas just plain dominated lap to lap to take the win by more than 14 seconds in the end. And if you want to talk about domination, you've got to do so with a bit of NASCAR's A.J. Allmendinger's name in the conversation. On Saturday, A.J. won his third consecutive race at the Charlotte Roval, his fifth win of the year, and he advanced to the NASCAR Xfinity Series round of eight in the playoffs, all while stretching his lead in Charlotte to almost nine seconds over the field at one point. Then, of course, a caution came out. Everyone gathered together again, but still winning in an overtime finish by more than three seconds. I mean, I'm telling you, A.J. Allmendinger just plain dominated. Dominating in a different form, 
was Kyle Larson in the Cup Series on Sunday. I know we've already talked about this for a little bit. Kyle was all but done with his playoff run due to electronic failures and the then need for not just a battery change mid-race, but also a new alternator belt. Dude, credit to car chief Jesse Saunders and crew member Stephen Legendre for calm, calm, quick changes to keep Larson on the lead lap at the end of stage two. Then, well, it was up to Larson's talents, which have been on massive display in 2021. Kyle Larson was the master at restarts and working his way through the field then to secure the win after such a stressful day. Now, the cup of fi- the field in the cup series of eight is set. Joining Larson is Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, and Martin Truex Jr. Deep in the heart of Texas, history was made at the Dallas NHRA Fall Nationals. In pro stock, Greg Anderson drove a nearly perfect day and went on to win his 98th pro stock race. We will talk more about this later. Also winners in Dallas. Hey, I just lost my place. Sorry about that, guys. Ron Capson, Funny Car, Justin, Ashley Tuffuel, and Lucas Oil's Matt Smith in pro stock motorcycles. Boom. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV TV and MAV TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24 7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, 
General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Coming up, more from the Charlotte Roval Cup race this afternoon. This segment brought to our good friends at Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil engine stop leak. Keep your high mileage engine running like new, baby, with Lucas Oil's engine oil stop leak. It renews worn seals with no risk or damage or eventual corrosion to your engine. Reduces engine noise and oil consumption while raising the oil pressure of that unit. It takes no harmful solvents. Just check it out at lucasoil.com. It's engine oil stop leak from our friends at Lucas Oil. So as I mentioned, Kyle Larson grabs himself a win, and it was one of those wins that a cat that's on a win streak or a driving streak such as Kyle Larson, not many people could do what he did today. He was having alternator issues. They were talking about it uh, throughout the first half of the race and you saw where he's dropping back he didn't drop back drop back drop back because they're trying to get him to conserve some of the uh, the energy of the engine and not uh force the engine to stall or to blow it up well yeah the voltage in his battery just went kaput and at the end of the race he was asked about falling below the cut line a dude who's now won seven races three road course races about not making uh the next round Sorry about that. That's not the one I was looking at. Let's do this one here. Bam. Were you aware at times today you were below the cut line and going to miss the next round? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously had a pretty good idea. I've, I've gone through it here a couple years ago, a few years ago uh, in the 42. And um, when you think you're good and then all of a sudden you're running like 40th, you're like, well, that's, I'm uh, down below the cut line. So I knew I was going to have some sketchy moments. Just had to pick my way through traffic and. Uh, stay calm, and, and we had some good restarts there at the end. Was able to kind of use my tire advantage to get under Denny and, and kind of squeeze squeeze him out of real estate off of uh, four there. So uh, fun race with Tyler. Uh, he's he's one of the best there is under braking. So uh, I don't like racing him because he's so good and so hard to race and pass. So uh, just a fun race there, and a lot of craziness all day long. Statman, he's talking about your boy. Hey, I'm glad somebody else realizes that, and maybe people will listen now when I pick him, and and they won't. The keyboard warriors won't say I'm an idiot. Tyler Reddick, Statman, do you do you recall witnessing something like this in your stellar career of covering motorsports? What Kyle Larson is doing, and I, I don't mean just winning races, but working his way through the field like he did with an injured car, at least keeping it on the lead lap and then falling back as what many would call in the back marker position, but yet sticking with it and working his way up to a road course win, not just an oval win stat man, but a road course win. Yeah. I mean, it's happened before. I mean, um, Jeff Gordon had a great year. I think he won like 10 events and, and Richard Petty has had great years. Uh, but the competition probably wasn't as difficult as it is now. Now you have, uh, you know, you have about 10, 11 cars that have a chance to win. And uh, that wasn't the case uh, in those days. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's 
amazing what he's done, and he's in practically every race, and even the races that he's lost, like at Pocono. He was, you know, he could have he could have won Pocono very easily, but had a tire. I think it was a tire blew out on the last lap. So yeah, it's an incredible season. What season was it, Statman? I know you're going to know this one. What season was it when Tony Stewart, during the playoffs, had to battle back from some adversity, and the only reason he did continue to persevere is because is is what led him to the title i think it was his second championship yeah it was his second championship and he uh he backed into the wall got the car fixed had some problems and uh he could have very easily uh just checked out of the event at that point but he yeah. came back and won, uh, ran some laps got some points and those 35 points that he earned in that coming that comeback and that race was a difference in his championship 35 points in the championship so yeah i mean that you know that's there's drama in a championship uh, if you let it play out instead of manufacturing it and kicking out the best driver of the year because he had a you know he had a belt go bad i mean that's it would have been just ludicrously sad was that the the championship that he won where it was Carl Edwards to lose? Ah, yeah. I think and he so. lost it because of again, you got Tony Stewart, smoke staring him down and not giving an inch. I think that was the case. Yeah, it was it was a second championship. I think the bigger issue was uh, I let him win the golf cart race in uh, Missouri. <laughs> if I'd have driven him into the ravine, he may not have gotten to the championship. <laughs> Well, uh, again, this year in the NASCAR Cup Series, shaping up to provide us some excellent freaking uh, commentary on Sunday nights for the show. Coming up next segment, we'll get to the audio bits from the post-race. Well, actually, during the race and post-race with between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. And again, this started at Bristol a few races ago, and it reared its ugly ass head in Charlotte this afternoon. And it just might rear its head. Next week in Martinsville. Yeah, I don't think we're done. Yeah, Harvick's out of it. Yeah. And, but. But there would be another thing, like Statman would call Heisman Trophy stupid, if NASCAR allows (laughs) Kevin Harvick to use his vehicle as a weapon and knock or just do some damage to Chase Elliott in a childish form. That just shouldn't be, that shouldn't be allowed just because Harvick's out and Elliott is still in for the playoffs. It just. Harvick needs to watch his P's and Q's. I'm going to say something here before Statman jumps in there and jumps down my throat. Kevin Harvick would not do that next race. Huh? Oh, maybe not. He will not. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Harvick, he's smarter than that, Statman. He will not mess with Chase Elliott moving forward. You uh, watched too much Red River Shootout this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, they, they didn't do anything when Alan Hugh was it Alan Houston uh, kept Brendan gone from getting his truck championship. Andy, uh, Andy. Uh, was it Andy Houston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Alan Houston was a point guard for the Knicks. I'm sorry. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, NASCAR is not going to say anything. They they'll do whatever's necessary to get TV ratings. Uh, so you know, he'll go out there, and they may you know give him a a, a drive-through penalty. Uh, but you know, that's about all that they'll do. Uh, you know, they just need to just let the racing happen, and if somebody gets in the way of that. Then they need to park them, you know. I mean, you can't you can't let these feuds uh, be handled by thirty six hundred pound uh, machines that go two hundred miles an hour and uh, you know threaten people's lives, literally. Lucas Oil Studios has been doing this for twenty one years. Freak Nation, Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sarge at the website speedfreaks.tv. During the broadcast, they went into the audio of Chase Elliott and his crew chief, and they laid it out there about retaliation. And Chase, crew chief or a spotter? Or everyone. And Chase Elliott says, you don't have to worry about that, meaning he <laughs> was he was gaming for Kevin Harvick if he worked his way up there. And he did work his way up there. And we'll get to that audio about karma's a bitch. But first, how about your stat man, Scat? Thankfully, Daryl Wallace busted his victory cherry last weekend at Talladega. He's the first black driver to win a cup race in 57 years. You know the details if you care. From what I've seen, though, there's one thing that few were talking about. Three weeks ago, Wallace got a new crew chief, veteran Booty Parker. He's now calling the race strategy. As people ask me about Wallace's history-making win, I can only remember that Daryl would go into the pits late in a race, running fourth, and come out 15th. That's unacceptable. Maybe better strategy will fight that going forward. Daryl's win came in race 31 of the season. He's only the third driver from an underfunded team to win this year. Let that sink in. His victory was that special. What may not change, though, is the kind of nonsense heard from former champion Bobby Labonte. Labonte went on TV three days ago criticizing Wallace for not responding to Labonte's congratulatory text message. That kind of arrogance deserves no further comment. Peace. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. Seventeen years old when that album came out, and young men like yours truly lost our freaking minds. Van Halen's first record. <laughs> this segment brought to our good friends General Tire. Get up to a hundred dollar rebate with a purchase of four qualifying light truck SUV General Tires. Don't believe me? We'll go to GeneralTire.com and find the full details on how you. With your SUV or your light truck, can save up to a hundred bucks. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. Statman, what's the first band where you lost your mind to as a teenager? Oh my! I don't know. Probably somebody at Motown. Yeah. Uh, the Temptations. Somebody like that, probably. There was so much fervor 
centered around Van Halen at the time. I think it was 78, 79 when this album came out. Did that bust out the speakers in your gremlin? The house speakers that I had in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> Jensen speakers. I think it was Jensen or something like that. Man. Cassette player. Ooh. Yes. Mixtape. Had a horn that played 99 different tunes. 90. What? Played the Texas fight song. OU fight song. What you could choose or it happened at random. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're rolling into a to a Texas uh, football game, and it just out of nowhere plays Boomer Sooner. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like yesterday, the Red River Shootout. It would be all Texas songs first half, all OU songs yeah. second half. That just no. You could you sucks. could punch in the number. You, you just you just had to have that. Couldn't be doing while you're driving. Like, what's number ninety eight? Oh, it's the uh, Navy fight song. It's like, what? You've been a DJ all your life, haven't you? Uh huh. There, yeah, exactly. Uh, spinning discs in my gremlin. <laughs> did you put that on your resume? I bet you put that on your resume, no. didn't you? No, I will, you know, I will say again, it, it was a freaking gremlin with 50s on the back and 60s in the front, skyjacker shocks in the back. Um, the differential underneath was painted red, white, and blue in the AMC logo. <laughs> Headman headers. It, it, listen, the car didn't need any more. Hey, look at me. But damn it. it <laughs> 304 double pumper sitting on the stack. Bam. Three speed stat, man. A three speed. <laughs> it had some listen to me in there, though, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it sure did. Sorry about that uh, reminiscing there, Freak Nation. We promise not to do it again, at least for the next 30 minutes. Or at least until we start talking about GTOs. Yeah, or Van Halen. True. <laughs> hey, look, so Kyle Larson pulls off the unexpected win, and I say unexpected only because he was having alternator problems, and they talked about it the first half of the race where he's having to conserve the engine and turn off certain items, whether it's the, the, the cooler this or cooler that or light this or light that. And... He pits, all right? He pits to have the alternator belt changed. Couldn't have done that on a, on Bristol. No. On a no, short track, no, a mile no, and a half. No. But on the Roval, he was able to do it. So he worked his way back and won the damn race. It was incredible. That's one of the stories. The other story was it developed in Bristol where Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott got after it. And Kevin Harvick, again, I uh, was got the raw end of the deal, according to the Harvick camp. And it started to rear its head, head at the Oval because you saw Kevin Harvick sneaking up on the backside of Chase Elliott and gave Chase, Chase Elliott a nudge and put Chase Elliott, his rear end of his car, number nine, Chevrolet, on the side of the wall. And it was deliberate, absolutely deliberate. That put Chase Elliott out of the hunt to move on to the next round. At that time. Right. Things started to fall his way a little bit. Then fall out, fall out of his way. But regardless, Chase Elliott persevered, worked his way back up into the 12 spot to make it into the next round. But not until this happened. Well, Kevin Harvick released to the infield care center. Kevin. That's not what I wanted to play. 
Keep your eye on the bottom of the screen. What will Chase Elliott do if he gets to the four? Well, you're getting ready to find out because the nine has a run on the 19 of Truex, and the nine is going to force his way in. Oh, the four is going to miss the corner. He He's into the, the wall. Into the DeWall wall. Kevin Harvick hard. The right front of the caution comes out. So Chase Elliott is just behind him, and he and Kevin Harvick has a rear view mirror full of Chase Elliott. Promise you, lost his concentration, mm-hmm. started wheel hopping into the turn, and just self-destructed right into the barrier. Bam! Because Chase Elliott was working his way back up through the field and even said it on his radio back to either his spotter or his crew chief that he's going to take him out. <laughs> that that's going to happen. But it didn't. He didn't need to. Kevin Harvick did it on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After the race, uh, Chase Elliott was uh, was asked about Kevin Harvick and the Kevin Harvick incident. Chase Elliott finishing in the 12th position. That kind of wasn't the story of the day. What was going on out there between you and Harvick? Oh, I'm not sure, but uh, really proud of our team. And uh, just proud of me moving our, our Napa team. Did a, a really, really good job of fixing this thing. I mean, it's destroyed. And I think we finished. Where we finished? 12th. 12th so um yeah i mean I, our, our team has a lot of fight and i'm just super proud of that um you know as far as kevin goes just want to wish them a, a, a merry off season and a happy christmas your opinion of them wasn't too high after bristol i think it just does nothing for that i mean opinions uh is certainly not changing but it's all good and um just glad we're moving on proud of our team is it over and can you race around him and win the championship without worrying about what's going on with him. Well, for us, I mean, we're we're just eyes forward and and uh, just excited to be moving on. I mean, that, that, that's the big picture, and uh, that's uh, you know really all that matters to me and, and our group. So we'll keep fighting and see where we end up. And then Harvick gets Q and A'd after coming out of the infield care center. Kevin Harvick released to the infield care center. Kevin, what happened down in turn one there? I just pushed it in there too hard, and I got the tire locked up, and I couldn't I couldn't stop it. Once I, um, I I felt like I needed to go to get a couple spots back that I'd lost, and I got the left front locked up, and I couldn't I couldn't get it to turn. And the incident with the nine early in the race was that retaliation for Bristol? Um, Spinning out the nine, Chase Elliott. You know, sometimes sometimes real life teaches you good lessons. Are you guys even? That's all for Kevin Harvick. Bam! He walks away. It's that man. It's that man's got that that hand of his on his forehead, going, "Man, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's greatness." That man, your buddy Kevin C. Harvick. You got to catch somebody before you could take them out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As far as Kevin goes, just want to wish them. uh, a uh, merry off season and a happy Christmas. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> you know, it, it, as long as the playoffs continue to give us audio and conversation like this, I'm all for it. As long as, he, as, long as Larson gets a sh- gets a shot. And and real quick, we've got to break in about three minutes. I saw a great suggestion. I think Crasher, you and Stat touched on this last segment. The regular season champion automatically gets a berth into the final four. Ooh. What do you think of that stat? Ooh. I think that's a good idea. I think it, it it should be. I mean, if you're going to have some random selection like this, you've got to have uh, some 
champions. You got to have performance matter. It can't be random. Even though performance does matter in the sense that you're the regular season champion, you get bonus points for that, and you're the points leader going into the playoffs. But you're saying that's not enough. You no. Know, and look at what happened to Larson today. Because of an alternator belt, he could have been out of the playoffs altogether in the second round. I mean, he's had too great a season to have that happen. Uh, you've got to you've got to respect and honor and give. You got to you got to you got to give honor to people that do well for six months, and because of they got a ten lap problem, they fall out of the playoffs. That doesn't make sense. So you'd have no problem if Kyle Larson is in that final four and has an alternator problem and he's taken out. He's in the final four. I don't have any problem with that. I mean, just like in the, you know, look what happened to the Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Giants. Guy catches a, you know, a ball on his helmet, you know, and, the, you know, that. but they had a chance to win the championship. And that's all you, you ask for. Just give me a chance to win the championship. I worked hard for this for six months. And you're going to kick me out for, you know, some humbug thing? Nah, can't do that. Or Marshawn Lynch, just run the ball. You're on the goal. Oh, yeah, well, that's exactly, exactly, Crash. I think Pete Carroll had the issue with the alternator in his head. <laughs> he lost electronics. Yeah. Somebody change my, change my battery. You should have had a NASCAR crew chief changes changes mind. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, Tommy Milner, GTLM winner from in the IMSA WeatherTech race in Virginia. He joins us next. Speed Freak Spitz, Lucas Hole Studios. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, uh, French vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter cookie dough. Scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop chocolate, 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 scoop chocolate, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. 
It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Twenty-one years of doing this. Stat man crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. You follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks, of course, on Facebook, Instagram. We're there for you. Again, speedfreaks.tv. This segment brought to you by good friends at Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Slick Mist, fast and easy detailing kit. Interior of your car, exterior of your car, they got the product to keep your car fat and shiny. Check it out at lucasoil.com, Lucas Oil Slick Mist, fast and easy detailing kit. Tommy Milner joining us here in the Freak Nation, MC WeatherTech Sports Car Championship GT Le Mans winner. A class, by the way, that's going away at the end of this year. Regardless, uh, this guy goes out and grabs himself a win and really puts a, an interesting spin on the championship points. I Hold on. Just- Let's pull a LeBron right here. Not one, not two, mm. three wins in a row, yo. It's badass. Uh, and, and again, Tommy joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And l- let me kind of fast forward just a little bit. You go out and win three in a row. You with this last race at uh, in Virginia, you got to wait another damn month before the final race in the championship hunt, bud. Does that does that jack with your psyche? <laughs> I know we're we're uh, on a roll right now, and it'd be nice if that if that next race was next weekend. But um, to be honest, I mean, I think the the results are in some ways a little bit of a long time coming. I, I felt like this year in general, we've had had opportunities to win races already. Um, and for one reason or another, sometimes it's self-inflicted, sometimes just stuff out of our control. Um, we just weren't getting those results. So, um, in some ways I'm not, uh, I'm not too worried about (laughs) the race being a month away, but, um, I know for sure that, 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 that last race there at at Petit Le Mans, uh, at at Toronto Atlanta is going to be a big challenge no matter what. Um, with each one of these races that we've that we've beaten our teammates, it, it's making them work that much harder to try to get try, try to, to to get us back. And uh, now getting three in a row, they're they're uh, as as hungry as ever to to beat us again. And 
and then of course we've got uh, got the BMW guys coming back for that race as well, and they'll be they'll be eager to uh, flex their muscles too. Tommy, you're chasing Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia, your Corvette teammates for the GTLM Championship in the WeatherTech Series. There's got to be some smack talking or something going on between the two teams across the garage. Uh, there's always a little bit of smack talk going on back and forth, but it's it's all pretty friendly. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, those guys are about the best competition that you could possibly ask for. I mean, both Antonio and Jordan are absolutely on top of their game right now, and, and trying to beat those guys in the same equipment is very, very difficult. Um, we've had to work super, super hard to, uh, get every little detail of each one of these races just right. Um, so there's, I I will say this, this year is a little bit different. There's a little bit more, um, usually all of our debriefs and everything are all, are are all together and we still do it all together. Um, but there's a lot more side conversations with, with, with my engineer, Chuck and with their engineer, John, um, to try to find any little advantage possible. So it's been it's been good realistically i think in the end for the whole program because um we're we're working really really hard <laughs> trying to find every little trick we can to try to beat these guys tommy milner of course winner uh, at virginia at vir this past weekend along with nick tandy so tell me if rodney sandstorm were to do an impersonation of tommy milner I know this is radio and it makes it a little tougher because you can't see the, the the leg going back and forth and the the crazy jacket, but how would he do so? I'm pretty sure uh he would he would have some sort of skit laid out where where Rodney's sitting on a on a on his porch at his house there in Florida and and uh watching a sunset somehow. Um he likes to call me Tommy Sunset because for a period there I was only liking uh, photos of his on Instagram of, of sunset photos he was posting from his, from his house in Florida. So, um, he's, he's dubbed me Tommy, Tommy sunset from, from this, from, from that day forward, pretty much. So it would definitely be something new with sunset. Of course, we're talking about Rodney Sandstorm, the alter ego of your nemesis it Corvette racing, of course, Jordan Taylor, he goes nuts with those things. So Tommy sunset. All right. How would you get at Jordan Taylor then? Because I know Kenny brought up smack talk. We're just trying to get something going between you guys be- before basically Petit Lamont. What would you do? What's your nickname for Jordan Taylor? Uh, I mean, Ricky's brother is a good one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think I'd have to go with something to. I'd, I'd sort of have to sort of pose as as uh, as Jordan or as Rodney as as a um, a uh, Gordon a Gordon Ramsay type. Um, and I say that because uh, at Lamar, the first year he was with us, in tw- I think it was 2012, he uh, he went to the fruit rack and grabbed himself a kiwi and uh, sat down with us and we were having a conversation. And I looked over and I realized that Jordan was just taking full bites out of the kiwi with the skin and everything. Oh. And and uh, I, I asked him if he'd ever, had, ever eaten a kiwi before and he said no. And, uh, it was pretty clear from how he was, how he was eating it, that he had never had a Kiwi before. So. All right, though, Tommy Milner, of course, joining us here in the Speed Freaks Pits, Lucas Oil Studios on a Sunday night. How do you keep yourself in shape before Petit Le Mans? How do you keep yourself mentally and physically in shape? Because that is going to be a hell of a finale. It will be. It'll be tough. That, that racetrack in our cars, uh, these days is, is pretty physical it's tough mentally with with the night conditions this race being later than normal um we'll have more night racing um than normal 
it's it's hard there's there's that track is super dark it's it's a great place to finish the season off it's a it's an it's an incredible event the fans there are amazing so um yeah for me it's just um i'll be doing some practice on on my sim at home here just to kind of get my get my head sort of focused on uh on the racetrack and kind of get the rhythm back uh back in my head again um physically wise it's just staying active it's it's running it's biking it's working out my gym and my in my garage um stuff that you know most most guys do all that stuff anyways um because that track's pretty tough you know physically um it's one place where you notice that it actually usually for us our necks sort of don't experience lots and lots of g-forces i mean we're seeing at times probably spikes over three uh three g's but for 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 whatever reason there road atlanta just the turn 12 is flat for us that's just a long loaded high g corner so our neck gets a little bit more more of a workout um for petite so i'll pay a little extra extra attention for uh uh for my neck coming up for that race i'd say you brought up sim racing though tell us more about you and your management of team hype of course on twitter it's team hype sim i mean this has been a big undertaking for you hasn't it uh yeah in some ways it's uh started off with uh, a good friend of mine ty uh, ty stover he um he's a he's a car guy he's a fan um the guy that i've known a friend of mine for a, for a long time um he he likes racing he likes he was kind of got into sim racing a little bit sort of a i would say two years ago and um he uh he had called me one day and he said hey i, I want you to drive for my my sim racing team and my my background in racing in some ways obviously i grew up around i grew up around racing with my dad owning a race team for so long um but my first time really exposing myself in some ways to actually driving stuff was on a sim um and i've kind of kept up with that for a long time so i told him i i I drive for his very sim racing team but i was i'd be interested in kind of helping in in more ways than than just driving for him and um so kind of uh joined joined up with him and sort of co co-owner now of, of that team. And he's, he's really done a lot of the, uh, the, the grunt work and, and the, all the setup work and things like that of getting, getting some guys and um, picking the, picking the different series to run in and getting some sponsors for the team. So uh, for me, really, and there's a race tonight, uh, you can watch it live on YouTube on it's, it's called uh, the PR, PRL. It's, uh, it's based on a, on a, on, on the NASCAR schedule. So they're racing at the Roval tonight on the sim world. Um, so I'll be, uh, I'll be joining them, um, on the, on the, on the team channel there and helping them with strategy and things like that. So, um, it's been fun for me to, to, to find another way to sort of, uh, use sim racing in some sense and, um, you know, help some of these guys with the little bit of knowledge I have about sim racing stuff. Most of these guys are completely self-sufficient anyways, but, um, I think it's good, good for me to just kind of be on the, on the timing stand, so to speak, and, and helping this guy's a strategy and helping where I can. Tommy Sim racing blew up with COVID last year, racers, non-racers alike dove in with both feet. Where do you see yourself? Do you have any plans with your co-driver Ty? What are your plans going forward? I mean, that's a great question. I think for us at the moment, um, we, I think for Ty and us, we, we both want to, um, sort of get, get a nice baseline, um, at the moment, at the moment we have a, we have a truck team, we have a cup team on the NASCAR side. Um, we have an IndyCar team that races that's called a, it's called the, uh, Lionheart series. Um, 
and then there's some 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 sports car stuff that we've started to dabble in a little bit as well. There's there's two series. One one's called IVRA and one's called SEO. Um, so in some ways, we we leave a little bit up to the the the, the drivers that we have driving for us, kind of up to them what they would like to do and and represent uh, uh, private label team hype um, as they kind of see fit. But um, you know, with, with sim racing, it's still obviously that you know you have the the big NASCAR series, the the Coke series that um, that they run um, with basically some of the best teams, best drivers in sim racing competing on the on the high racing platform. There, um, you know, that's that's obviously has a lot of eyes on it. Um, you know, as a team, it's a little bit of a challenge with the, sort of the lottery uh, system that they have to pick drivers. Um, I think what Ty and I like the most about what we're doing right now is, you know, we have, we pick, pick leagues that have set schedules and, and are broadcast and live on, on YouTube and Twitch and things like that. So we can, we can actually go to a sponsor and, and kind of show them viewership numbers and, and kind of get them excited about that kind of thing. So I think as long as sim racing continues down the path that it is, and I think it will grow continuously over the years, I think, I think for us, we just want to be positioned in a place where, um, you know, make some connections in the sim racing world as best we can and, and, uh, hopefully grow with sim racing as it grows, um, as a little bit more of, you know, sort of a, a spectator sport in some way. Tommy Milner won the GTLM race at the IMSA WeatherTech Championship at VIR, Virginia International Raceway, this weekend. Tommy, the GTLM class is going away next year. Have you had any conversations with Corvette Chevrolet about what's going to happen with the program next year? Uh, I don't have an answer for that yet. They haven't, they haven't told us, uh, what we're doing next year. Um, and as, as drivers, we're, we're the last on, on the totem pole for that, for that sense. So, um, I, I would, I would imagine there would be something in IMSA. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Um, and like you said, um, the GTLM classes is, is going to go away, uh, after this year and it'll be, uh, basically sort of absorbed into, uh, into GTD as it is now. So GT three cars, um, but they'll, they'll have a sort of a separate class, so to speak for a, a, a full pro lineup, um, in that class, which I think is, is right for the series. I think it's right for sports car racing in the U S simplifies it a little bit. Again, um, we were talking about grand am earlier. I think grand am in a lot of ways had it, had it right with having one prototype class, one GT class, a lot easier for people watching on TV, for the fans of the racetrack to understand what's happening um, with with just the two classes. So, um, in that sense, I think it's it's great. It allows the the amateur guys that still want to compete against um, full pro drivers, they can still do that, um, but they still have have a class for themselves as well. Um, so, I think I think in that regard, I think it's it's the right call. Um, that for Corvette, it basically sounds like that they wouldn't have a gt3 car ready for next year i think the plan is for them to build a full gt3 car uh so next year if if the team were, were going to race in there it would be a uh sort of a a mixture of our G- gtlm car and and a, and a gt3 car in some ways um so uh won't be a full gt3 car but um you know the car will be hopefully in the class and and competing against uh the full pro lineups in that class but you're locked in though still with corvette racing correct uh, th- this is a contract year for me, so ah. it's still a little bit up in the air, but, um, obviously I think getting three, three wins in a row is, is obviously a good, good indicator for the future. <laughs> yeah. You're doing some good favors for yourself. Nick Tandy, Tommy Milner, this guy, Tommy Milner, 
They go out and win Saturday afternoon, the GTLM Class of Virginia International Raceway. Now, a month away for the grand finale, Petit Le Mans. Buddy, thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me. Statman, have you heard anything more about what Chevrolet plans to do or Corvette plans to do for next year's sports car racing? No, I haven't heard anything, but it makes sense. They they gain a lot of value from being in the sport, and they will build a, probably a GT3 of some sort to be in the GTD category. Uh, the Corvette will meet that and meet those regulations because they have to be out there they they gain a lot and they they admit that they gain a lot selling cars they get leads to sell cars and that's why they're out there in the first place why do you think it's that just seems counter to what ford believes when it comes to motorsports <laughs> well ford is committed what like 10 billion to this electrification and the hybridization of their product line. I haven't heard GM do that kind of thing. At least they haven't announced it and they haven't come out with anything to meet the, the needs to meet the products that Ford has already created. I think Ford is ahead of the game and anybody who's not thinking like Ford is, is, uh, doesn't understand what's at stake. So, uh, at GM, it will probably do that at some point, but uh, right now they're looking for leads to sell cars, and IMSA Racing does that for them. Freak Nation, coming up in the second hour, there's a new book out there. It's called Checkered Past, Al Unser's Checkered Past. Al Unser Jr., that is. It is incredible uh, that this guy, two-time or three-time crasher, Indy 500 champion. Two-time. Two-time Indy 500 champion. Champ car champion or Indy car champion, whatever they're referring to him back in the day. But this guy's still alive. Tried to take his life, and he thought about taking his life numerous times. But he's got a new book out there. He joins us along with the author, Jade Gers, coming up in the second hour of The Freaks. Next. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one buys the dust. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love the party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Coming up. Al Unser Jr. is Checkered Past. It's a new book out by Al and author Jade Gersh. Jade Gersh, who's been in the Freak Nation a few times. We first met Jade Gersh when he was the personal relations. Personal? Like public? That, public relations. <laughs> personal when you're working with well, Dale Jr. Answer. Public relations handler for Dale Jr., Slipped us into Dale Jr.'s book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, man. Driver number eight. Yeah, but what page is it? It's like 
284 or 276 or 274 or something like that. Okay, that. <laughs> Speed Freaks make an appearance in Dale Jr.'s first book. Thank you, Jade Gers. Jade Gers has gone on to do many, many things, including write numerous Burt books. This new one from Al Hunter Jr., one on John Andretti with Dale Earnhardt. And I'm missing another person. Yeah, I am yeah. missing ooh, another ooh, ooh. person. Drag racing, Son, right? Son ah. of a it was Andretti, one of the Andretti, uh, John, John Andretti. Andretti. Yeah. Yep. So it's a uh, it's a hell of a story. And again, like like I said about seven or eight minutes ago, we're I think all three of us and those that know the story of Al Jr. that were surprised the guy was still alive. Numerous DUIs, public intoxications, drug charges, drug arrests. Lost his first wife to cancer, Shelly? That was after a lot of the problems right. that have been going on anyway. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm just giving but you yes, a, that the, does the add to it. That... Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's the father Not of... to mention his daughter, Cody, in a right. wheelchair. So, I mean, there's... Yeah, you name it. My goodness. So, the story on Dale... Excuse me. On Al Hunter Jr. is incredible. Now, it's in a book that uh, in stores as of October 1st. You can purchase it wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Uh, we'll hear from Al Unser Jr. and Jade Gers coming up in about 10, 11 minutes. Uh, they'll join us for a couple of segments. And again, it's an incredible story uh, from these two guys. Kyle Larson wins the wins his third road race, seventh race win of the season. At one time during the Roval, the guy was not <laughs> was not going to move on to the round of eight. A round of 12. Round of eight? Round of eight. Round of eight, correct? Yeah, complete insanity. Yeah. And it, both Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott were in that scenario at one point today, yet they both moved on. It's just, woo, Hendrick, having, having a year. But he perseveres. He wins the race. Uh, congratulations to Kyle Larson for doing... Kyle Larson things? Yeah. Can, can <laughs> we use that? I mean, yes. dude, dude, dude went Kyle Larson. <laughs> what are you doing? What's right? I mean, like, like someone's out there just winning insane things. Man, guys going on Carl. She's she went Kyle Larson on you, man. <laughs> Meaning kick your ass. <laughs> what is that? Right, Stat? You just, you know. Yeah, you, 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 that's what happens when you uh, run into a buzzsaw at a racetrack. You got larsened. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Dude got larsened. Oh, <laughs> <gasps> yeah. There it is. Right. Mm hmm. You know, like the, like the Cardinals, the the Arizona Cardinals, they're five and zero. Oh. They're winning games that they shouldn't be winning. But again, Kyle Larson did the same thing a couple of times. <laughs> they just Larson the 49ers. like today. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. So we'll we'll create that for you, Freak Nation. You just go ahead and roll with it, man. You dude got Larson. Yeah. <laughs> just, but the, again, the we'll get some of this audio coming up in the, the next segment. The, the, the real we gotta, story. Hold on, though. We got to talk Greg Anderson. I know we've talked a lot in NASCAR. We've got to give. We'll acknowledge it. Absolutely. Credit go ahead. Credit yeah. is due. Go ahead and then share with the Freak Nation who Greg Anderson is. Greg Anderson is now the winningest driver ever in the NHRA Pro Stock category. He won his 98th race today in Dallas or what, what do you say? Ennis, Texas. And yeah, it's just amazing. He beat the professor, Warren Johnson. He Nobody. He beat the professor with race wins. With race wins. Mm -hmm. Nobody will get to this mark for many, many years to come. He's on his way to his fifth title. That's still a little bit of a challenge ahead of him, but it's just incredible. Greg freaking Anderson. 
is now your winningest driver ever, thanks to his win today in Dallas. Yeah, you just that's 98 race wins in a class that's very competitive. Tighter than any motorsports class series out there. Mm-hmm. All right, man, we're going to resume with Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes after we rejoin with some affiliates. And we'll get into Al Unser, his checkered past, also coming up in about 10 minutes here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates into the Freak Nation, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent, thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Alan Tur Jr. and Jade Gers. Alan Tur Jr., Checkered Paths, the new book that came out earlier this month. And the author, both of them will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Now through the end of the month, purchase four qualifying SUV or light truck tires. Get up to $100 back from General Tires. That's right, up to 100 bucks back from four qualifying SUV or light truck tires from General Tire. For more information, go to the website. GeneralTire.com. Crasher? You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to start with NHRA. We already talked last hour about the dominating performances of Valtteri Botas in Formula One, A.J. Allmendinger, and Kyle Larson in NASCAR. So forget that. We've got to talk about where history was made, and that was at the Dallas NHRA Fall Nationals today. In pro stock, Greg Anderson drove a nearly perfect day and went on to win his 98th pro stock race now the most ever in the history of NHRA's pro stock class. Then while making history, Greg also benefited from those closest to him in the points chase for this year who had early exits on the day. Sounds like yet another domination in the racing world this weekend. Yes, it was. But my favorite, you guys guys are going to like this. Uh My favorite was Greg's, his recount of what happened in the cockpit after his historic run. Greg recapped it by saying, I saw Chris McGahey's red light on the board, and then I had a difficult time even getting to the finish line from third gear on down. I think I took my arm off the shifter and pumped my fist a couple of times in between gears. I shouldn't even be looking at the scoreboard, but for some stupid reason, I looked and I saw my wind light was on. That was a hell of a relief. You know what? Good for you, Craig. I don't care how he won number 98, and I don't care how he gained more points on this championship hunt for title number five. Well done, Greg Anderson. Other winners in Texas were Ron Caps in Funny Car, Justin Ashley, yes, last year's Rookie of the Year in Top Fuel, and Lucas Soil's Matt Smith in Pro Stock Motorcycles. Many of you have most likely seen a very scary fire inside John Force Racing, John Force's own cockpit from Friday night's qualifying. He incredibly was okay and went on to race the full weekend, exiting in the second round today, Sunday. It was it was pretty wicked though. IMSA race at Virginia. You just heard from Tommy Milner. One of the winners, he and Nick Tandy, in the winner's circle for the second-to-last race ever in the GTLM class. Coming up, Kevin Harvick's pissed, or is Chase Elliott? That's next. Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy-Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. 
Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky roll, chocolate, even butter cookie dough. Scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop chocolate, 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 scoop chocolate, 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 Geico. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Check out lucasoil.com and the product spotlight of the week. It's Lucas Oil Stop Leak, formulated with upgraded additives, specific base stocks. Engine oil stop leak is designed to help eliminate leaks common with your older vehicle. Reduces engine noise, oil consumption, renews worn seals with no risk or damage on eventual corrosion in those older engines. For more information on it, check it out at lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com from the Lucas Oil Studios. So, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott. Kevin Harvick put Chase Elliott in the wall and basically put him out of moving on to the next round of eight. But uh, Chase Elliott did what uh, smart young drivers do, st- stuck with it. And did his best to work his way back up through the field, given the circumstances, and got very close to Kevin Harvick. And it was, 
out there for everybody to hear that uh, he was after Kevin Harvick. And the last third, fourth of the race, maybe, I can't remember exactly what lap it was, Crasher, stat, but there was Kevin Harvick. He had a rear view mirror full of Chase Elliott. (laughs) And uh, this is what happens. Keep your eye on the bottom of the screen. What will Chase Elliott do if he gets to the four? Well, you're getting ready to find out because the nine has a run on the 19 of Truex, and the nine is going to force his way in. Oh, the four's going to miss the corner. He misses it into the DeWall wall. Kevin Harvick hard. The right front of the caution comes out. Thanks to our friends at NBC and NBC Sports for that audio. Kevin Harvick is out of the next round. Kevin Harvick is gone, but the big word coming out of everybody's mouth and on Twitter was karma's a bitch. <laughs> yep. She zeroed right in on Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick coming out of the infield car center. Kevin Harvick released to the infield care center. Kevin, what happened down in turn one there? I just pushed it in there too hard, and I got the tire locked up, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Once I, um, I, I felt like I needed to go to get a couple spots back that I'd lost, and I got the left front locked up, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it. To- because I was scared to death of Chase Elliott coming for his retaliation. That's the part that he did not say in right. his quote right there. Because I got a rear view mirror on Chase Elliott come And he's better turn. than me. And the incident with the nine early in the race, was that retaliation for Bristol? Um, Spinning out the nine, Chase Elliott? You know, sometimes sometimes real life teaches you good lessons. Are you guys even? Bueller. That's all for Kevin Harvick. Bueller. <laughs> Chase Elliott, how do you feel about uh, Kevin Harvick? I mean, as far as Kevin goes, I just want to wish them uh, a uh, merry offseason and a happy Christmas. <laughs> yep. How's that season been in 2021, Mr. Harvick? You know, one thing that we didn't hear, Harvick was uh, at one time used to complain about his crew screwing up on pit stops. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear him uh Take the other hand and say, and the driver screwed up on this and all the work the crew did went down the tubes. Mm. As far as Kevin goes, I just want to wish them a a, a merry off season and a happy Christmas. Just hear those sleigh bells ring-a-ling, ring-ting-ting-a-ling, too. Freak Nation, Al Unser Jr. and his checkered past. It's the new book that came out October 1st. You can get it anywhere where books and audio books are sold. Al Unser Jr. and the author, Jade Gersh, they join us next. But first, your stat man, Scatamus. Thankfully, Darrell Wallace busted his victory cherry last weekend at Talladega. He's the first black driver to win a cup race in 57 years. You know the details if you care. From what I've seen, though, there's one thing that few were talking about. Three weeks ago, Wallace got a new crew chief, veteran Booty Parker. He's now calling the race strategy. As people ask me about Wallace's history-making win, I can only remember that Darrell would go into the pits late in a race, running fourth, and come out 15th. That's unacceptable. Maybe better strategy will fight that going forward. Darrell's win came in race 31 of the season. He's only the third driver from an underfunded team to win this year. Let that sink in. His victory was that special. What may not change, though, is the kind of nonsense heard from former champion Bobby Labonte. Labonte went on TV three days ago criticizing Wallace for not responding to Labonte's congratulatory text message. That kind of arrogance deserves no further comment. Peace. Speed. 
Creeks Motorsports Radio, redefined. Sometimes all I think about is you. Sometimes all I think about is you. Late nights in the middle of June. He always been faking me out. Can't make you happier now. Sometimes all I think about is you. Late nights in the middle of June. Alan Jr., Jay Gersh joining us here in the Freak Nation. You may know Jay Gersh for many times, pimpins of big time books. Over the years, Al Hunter Jr., he's done a few things on the yeah. racetrack, yeah. Uh, both joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Checkered Pass, the new book from Al Hunter Jr., of course, Jade Gers. What is it that you've had to do to yourself physically and mentally to prepare yourself for the, oh, my gosh, or the or the blowback that Al Hunter Jr. may get for some of these stories that you're telling about your life? Um, actually. Um it's in God's hands, totally, uh, as far as well, how people are going to respond, how people are going to react. That's, that's on them. That's, uh, that's, that's nothing to do with me. You know, all, most everything of, of, of the, the struggles that I talk about, the substance abuse disorder and, and the mental illness, you can look that up on, inter- on the Internet at any time and, and see that. And so, um, it was really what, what ended up happening, uh, through this whole thing was it was great therapy for me to, uh, work with Jade and go through these things and, and, you know, talk about my personal life, you know, the, the, with, with, with my first wife, Shelly, my second wife, Gina, my four kids, um, you know, the, the, the stresses and the pressures of, of IndyCar racing and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and my family, you know, dad and uncle Bobby and all that kind of stuff and living up to, to their expectations and so on. And, and, uh, and we've put that all in writing and, and going through it, um, was really, was really good therapy for me. And so, um, you know, what other people are going to, how they're going to react, um, that's all in God's hands. God controls all that. Jay Gers, of course, is the author of Al Hunter Jr. and Checkered Past, joins us here in the Freak Nation. And whether it's John Andretti, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jade, uh, you got to strap it on, man, and ask him hard questions. Uh, and there are a lot of hard questions with Al Hunter Jr. Uh, run us through that, how you're sitting across from a legend and a legendary last name. Uh, how did you get the gumption to ask the tough questions of Al Hunter Jr.? Well, uh, honestly, from day one, when Al and I met briefly to to discuss it, um, he was very forthright, very forthcoming about, I want to tell the whole story. I want to be honest. I want to tell my story so that uh, I might be able to help other people that might be struggling with these issues. So right from the very jump, uh, he was very open about it. So it, it did make it easier for me. Um, but I, I agree with what Al said. I could feel on my end of things that it was almost a catharsis for him to share these stories. Um, and, you know, I've written books in the past where, um, you know, the, the main subject was made to look uh, heroic in certain circumstances. <laughs> and, and Al does in the racing segments. But he was very much open 
and willing to share stories that maybe are not so heroic, but I think it makes him so much more of a, of a, a human that you can identify with, that you can really feel what he's gone through. And so it was very important to me to be sensitive to that. And, um, you know, it, it's his story. I just was able to, I'm lucky enough to be able to, you know, put it, put it on paper or put it, uh, put it together. So uh, that made it, uh, a challenge for me, but very rewarding, very, uh, very much happy with the final product. Author Jade Gers, race car champion, Alan Sir Jr. joining us here in the Freak Nation. And let's be honest, timing is so key. This book might not have worked just 10 years ago, but right now with the better awareness around the world, with just people being more open with each other, it, it, it works. And people understanding that, oh my gosh, I'm just like Alan Sir Jr. It's important. We need more of these stories out there. Oh, yeah, there's always going to be the people that are shaming for whatever reason. Nine times out of ten, they've got their own issues that they, they haven't come to grips with yet. But the need for this book, thank you, both of you. Who came to who first? Because we need this content. <laughs> well, I can, I can take it from there. I, you know, during when COVID hit and everything went on lockdown, you know, I I started thinking about, well, you know, maybe now's the time to uh, to start writing a book. And so I I tried to be an author. OK, so I went to uh, I got online and I joined a, 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 a author on the Internet to teach me how to be an author. And so I worked at it and worked at it. <laughs> and I had all my post-its all around and, and my stories and I'm, I'm writing and um and honestly, I got to the 89 Indy 500 with, with me and Emerson. And hmm. it was just too important for a beginner rookie author to be writing this book. And so, you know, that's when I called up Jade and I go, Jade, would you please help me? And, uh, <laughs> and he, he, he said, sure, I'd love to help you. And so um, it just went from there. You know, uh, once once I really got into it, I learned that I am not an author. I am a race car driver. And so so uh, that's that's when I, I asked for Jade's help. And, and he said, sure. And, and we just went from there. And and honestly, uh, once I got the first few pages that Jade had written, he does such a great job on putting on paper what I'm saying to him. And so um, it was just, it was a match made in heaven and it was just super cool. Well, I know we're going to bounce back and forth in this interview between off the track, outside of the cockpit and in the cockpit, but you just brought up 1989. So I want to know how Jade portrayed the vast differences of your 89 Indy 500 that you were supposed to win but didn't and your 92 500 in which you woke up that morning and thought you didn't have a, a freaking shot whatsoever and then you go on to win it in one of the closest finishes in history. Jade, how do you, how do you make that comparison? Well, I, A, Al really went into depth on both about the emotions nice. uh, from both events Another part of this is that I, I'm I'm still a big race fan, so for me, I want to know what you know. What are you thinking when you and Mo get together? 
what are you thinking when you and Scott Goodyear are coming to the closest finish in Indianapolis history? And my job is to um, take his stories and to disappear. I don't, I don't want to be a part of the story. My job is to, to tell, help Al tell his story as best as possible. So um, I, I, I will say he thinks that the 1989 race, which he crashed into the wall with Emerson or, or the, the crash with Emerson, uh, was his best ever Indy 500 drive, even though wow. he won it twice. Um, so, and, you know, he can go into more detail there. Again, as a fan, the 1995 Indy where Penske oh. did not qualify at all, I don't think that story's ever been told in the depth that Al goes into in this book. So, uh, again, I, they're, they're, people will enjoy the celebration, the amazing indie victories. But from a human standpoint, the drama of that 1995 Indy 500, the buildup, uh, Al just was able to share the emotions and the details of that. Uh, it takes up two chapters. Wow. <laughs> so again, I, you know, I'll defer to Al as far as specifics that he wants to share on that. But, uh, as a writer, it, it, it's a dream to work with someone who's willing to be open and honest and to share things that are disappointing rather than just wanting to, you know, it's not a book only about his 30 some IndyCar wins. It, it's much more than that. Jade Gers, as a writer, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, you've talked to a number of drivers. You've gone in depth. You've got the you got Roger Penske on the missing the Indy 500 story at 11. You've got that worked out perfectly. <laughs> but what is the what are the racing emotions? What racing craft? How does all that work together? It seems like there's some connection between racing, personal emotions in the cockpit, and racecraft. All that works together. You heard these stories. How does that work out to you as a race fan? Well, again, my job is to tell the person's story in the most compelling way possible. So to me as a fan, I want to hear about the 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 emotions, the danger, the the thought process when this is happening or that's happening. Um, Al talks brilliantly about those final laps with Scott Goodyear. Uh, again, that you know, it ends up as the closest finish ever, but it's brilliant because he talked about, you know, they always say, oh, a driver always worries in his final laps for his first Indy 500 win. And he had none of that because he's racing tooth, you know, tooth and nail with this guy uh, right on his back bumper. So he didn't, he couldn't worry or think about it at all until he crossed the finish line. Uh, Jade, excuse me. I, yeah. I love that answer, but I want to get to the question that I asked. Okay. What, what are you finding in these stories you yourself jade gerst new york times best-selling writer you heard a lot of stories where racing drivers race craft and emotions in the cockpit have all come together al and scott goodyear uh wherever 
what have you similarities have you found in those stories with these huge personalities? I think all race drivers, all successful race drivers are very good at compartmentalizing things. Uh, again, Al said he's never truly been fearful when he's in the race car. Now the car or circumstances have scared him in the moment. Um, wow. but the, the fear factor is not forefront. Now I, I, you know, I, again, with John Andretti, he basically described the very same thing. Dale Jr. As well. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I'm fascinated by that. Uh, as a fan, I, I want to know how they do that or how they, how their brains work and how that fits into a, a larger story or a larger spectrum. How does Al's background as part of an incredibly famous family, how does that show up while he's in the race car? You know, he talks about blending the best of his uncle Bobby, hellbent for leather every lap. His dad, very thinking, deliberate, wants to be there on the last lap. Um, that combines within Al Jr. to, you know, to become, he became a driver that won Indy, the Indy 500 twice. He won two championships, you know, two IROC championships, two Daytona 24 hours. Um, so for me, it's, I want to understand Al the person and how that manifests inside that car during key historical moments in racing history. Part two of that will be coming up next after the break, but quickly before we get to break Statman, you just, when you get to that point of realization that you've got problems, personal problems, there are so many hurdles that you've got to climb over and set your feet to climb the next one. Just hearing the first part of this interview, which, by the way, Freak Nation, you can watch the full interview, all 50-plus minutes of us with Al Hunter Jr. on our YouTube page. But, Statman, you've just got to get your feet based in reality. And it sounds like Al Jr. has his feet solidly based in reality that he's got a problem and he's going to have it for the rest of his life. Exactly. What's wonderful about what we heard was that he reached a point where he was able to say enough and he wanted to do something about it. Uh, guys that live, people that live their life at 200 plus miles an hour don't always get a chance to come to that point. And Al Lunzer came to that point, uh, and he talks about that in the second half of the interview. And thankfully, uh, he says some things that maybe some people listening to us now could uh, benefit from. It's a good point. And, and again, it's there are instances that you'll hear in this second part that are aha moments for him. And when we start off this second part of the interview, coming back from break, I frankly dive right into the meat of the book, asking about him attempting to kill himself on his birthday. <laughs> Those aren't easy questions to ask, and I'm not trying to put the focus on the, the question that I ask, but it's just the reality of where some people are in their life, and that's where Al was. 
And he, he still is to a degree, as he, as he'll say, he's got to learn to deal with it every day, every day. Uh, he's got to fight it. So uh, the second part of the interview, we're pretty proud of it, just given the fact that we were able to really dive down deep into the conversation with Jade Gers and Al Hunter Jr. in Checkered Past. More coming up from Lucas Oil Studios, Speed Fix Pits. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV-TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV-TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV-TV and MAV-TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. We continue on with our discussion 
with Al Unser Jr. in the new book, Checkered Past. And the author, Jade Gersh, joins in in the conversation. And again, you can watch this entire 50-plus minute interview on our official Speed Freaks YouTube page. Al Jr., let's get into the meat of the book. And, of course, the one thing that sticks out is you, uh, on your birthday, attempting to take your life. And that's that's tough to read, man. I can only imagine being in your head uh, when that happens. Can you run us through the emotions, or are you comfortable talking about the emotions of that that night when you when two-time Indy 500 champion was about to take his life? Well, it wasn't just one night to begin with. It was it was a, a few months, and uh, and it was every day, and and literally I was alone. I was, and it's the first time I had been alone in my life. And, and, uh, you know, um, it was tough. It was, it was the, the rock bottom. It was, it was something that, uh, 2012 was, was the worst year of my life completely. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I had to learn how to do my laundry. I had to learn how to cook my meals. I had to learn how to go to the grocery store. And, just those things, learning how to do those things was overwhelming to me. And so life was just overwhelming and, and it was hard. It was tough, but you know, I just kept persevering like I, like I did in, uh, in the race car, you know, and, uh, uh, just hoping for a better day and, and so on. And, and with my, with my psychiatrist going and seeing him once a week. You know, he helped me an awful lot. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, it was tough. It was, it was, um, there was some tough times, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm human. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And so it was, um, it was something I, I wanted to share. It, it, it was the truth. You know, I was, uh, I was going through a real, real, real tough time and, and, uh, and I talk about it in the book on how how I pulled myself out of that, you know, and uh, and it was just um, it was support um, from from friends and uh, and mainly mainly the, the the therapy I was doing and the and the, the psychiatrist, you know, they, they helped me an awful lot. And so um, as time went on, the days got the days got better and better, and and uh, and then simply put, I. I found Christ, and then once once I found Christ, uh, I've never been alone again. It's just that simple. Al, you just mentioned mostly, at least at that point, the therapist helped you. How did you get to that point? There are so many people today who still feel ashamed to call up a therapist. What was it? What was your epiphany? Why did you pick up the phone and make an appointment? Because that clearly helped you to go to the next level. Yeah, it, it did. I, I, uh, I just felt so alone that, uh, I needed someone to talk to that, uh, that was a professional in, in substance use disorder, you know, and, and really that's what got me to that point was, was the substances that, uh, that I was, I was, you know, in pain, use the substance to escape the pain, you know, um, so it's it's just goes around on, on a merry-go-round in a circle, a big circle, just over and over and over again. And, and so, you know, I had to stop it. And so I had to ask for help. And uh, 
And when I asked for help, it was, it was there. God put the help in front of me and, and, and real good help this time. You know, I, I had been through it years ago with the therapist and all that, but, but it never clicked. It, it, it just, it just, um, it, it didn't seem to work. And, um, and honest God, it wasn't until I found Christ that, uh, that it all started being put together. Al Unser Jr. joining us here in the Freak Nation and curious with the last name of Unser, you've got, uh, of course, your dad and Uncle Bobby. Did you ever consult with these guys or were you ashamed or feel like you couldn't talk to your uncle or your dad about these mental problems that you have? Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't talk to, to uh, my dad or my uncle, you know, uh, you know, my dad on on the. Uh, on the substance uses, you know, he, he felt that, uh, you know, you go to a rehab for 30 days, you come out and you're fixed. Like mm-hmm. a body shop. You go in and you come out and you're fixed. And, and quite honestly, um, that's when the real work begins is when you do come out and, uh, and start, uh, getting into society and living life. And, and that's, and it gets tough. It gets real tough. And so, um, you know, the, like, the therapy, the psychiatrist, um, the, the meetings, uh, they, they were all good. They all helped. And, uh, and, but honest to God, you just got to live through it. You got to live through the pain and it, it, it gets better. I promise it, it, it gets better, but it takes a while. Al, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've had a couple of years of therapy and I, I learned things about myself that I'm still building on. That's that valuable. Uh, Al Jade mentioned that drivers have this ability to compartmentalize. I assume he talked about compartmentalizing maybe around the racetrack or in the cockpit. Have you found the ability to compartmentalize outside of racing now that you're out of racing and out of the, out of the cockpit? Has that helped you in getting uh, order to your life away from the cars? Actually, what I'm doing right now with uh, with Future Star Racing and Wings and Wheels Foundation, Mark McAllister, uh, we're racing uh, Formula Four SCCA races and Formula R FR, and I'm working with young kids and. Uh, uh, Chloe Chambers this year, and then Ernie Francis Jr., who's who's young. He's not a kid. He's you know he's 22 <laughs> years old. But but working with these drivers and 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 being back in the racing is is truly great therapy for me. And uh, and just being a part of it. And so you know when I retired from 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 racing, um, I stepped away from it. And and honestly. The, that that left an empty hole in me and uh and so um you know god's blessed me with with the opportunities that i have today and and uh and it's working it's great do you see yourself in these young drivers especially in ernie francis who's won championships he's grown his careers uh moving to a place where it could take off into a greater level do you see yourself in some of these uh younger uh, drivers a, a little bit yeah you know i mean you got to go out there you got to concentrate you got to get your marks and all that kind of stuff and and you got to hustle it you got to want it more than anything and and uh and i do see 
that in some of the drivers that uh, that I've worked with over the last couple of years. And and when you do see that, it's, it just gives you a great feeling inside. Let me interrupt you for a minute. It came to me while you were talking. Do they see you as a champion driver, one of the best in IndyCar history, or just the old man talking to them? Well, some, some, some of the kids at first, when they first meet me, they go, who? <laughs> and then once i think once once the parents you know they they go home that night and, and and they come back the next day and they go oh man you're one of the best oh man, like it's okay you're you know we'll, let, let's just uh let's just concentrate on the car and getting it around the track and 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 i'm here to help alan jr jake gersh alan jr checkered pass the new book out October 1st. And Al, looking back through your life, whether it's talking to your therapist or I'm sure it was therapy, we're talking to Jade about this book. Did you find that your mental illness was creeping in with your alcohol and drug abuse or your partying or the driving? Was it part and parcel of your career with your, your mental state? Not at all. Not at all. It was something that, uh, you know, I was I was engulfed in the stories and, you know, remembering the past, you know, um, it was hard. I can tell you, you know, we started talking about Rodriguez and Greg Moore and, you know, Shelly's passing. Um, I had to take a break, you know, because I got emotional with with those things. And and, uh, and so but I have I've learned how to. Uh, go through the, the five stages of grieving, you know, and, um, and that kind of, that's in the, that's in the book, you know, my, my life going from go-karts to sprint cars to the Super V to the Can-Am car, uh, getting married to Shelly, having, having our, our children, our firstborn Al in 1982, being a rookie in, at, in 83 at Indy, having the success in the Indy cars. I really had no pain, no, no mental pain. There was really no, uh, no challenges there. And, and, and until, you know, really the first real challenge was when I, when I missed the show at Indy in 95. And, and that's kind of was one of the turning points that, um, you know, I had never felt real depression before until I missed the show at Indy. And, and, uh, and so, then that came in, and, and, and so it just kept going and kept going and coming. You know, and I say in the book, and Jade knows this, I said, the hits just keep coming. The hits just keep coming. And, hit and, and my only way of, of, of dealing with, uh, with those, those grieving processes was, was to get high, to, uh, you know, escape that way. And, and, and today, through through the process that I've been through the last ten years, wow. that um, you got to live with it. With the circle around you, whether it's your dad, your family, Roger Penske, the Andrettis, what's been the circle around you as far as assistance, uh, uh, supplying you some of your needs to to get better, or has it been uh, people's reluctance to be associated? with you that that unfortunately put you in a position to where you needed to use drugs or alcohol 
I'm curious about your uh, the circle around you. The best way to put it is 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 uh, my substance use started in high school. Okay, and you never know. You know, people they they drink in high school, they they drink in college, they they they, they use the substances, so on. You never know when it it's it's taken over your life. You you never know when. I, I couldn't pinpoint the day that I jumped off the cliff and went, you know, now I'm not, now I'm addicted. Okay. No one knows that. They, they just don't know it. And, and so, um, you know, when it does happen, that the thing that, that, that happened to me was it wasn't really the people around me. It was me. It was me doing it. And, and so, um, and then it was me who was reluctant to ask for help because, I'm this, this superstar, you know, running Indy cars and 500 and winning and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so there's nothing wrong with me, you know? And so, um, but there was, and so it was hard. It was very hard to ask for help. And so, you know, hopefully, uh, what we can get across is, is that, that if you even feel, or if you even think that there could be, uh, at the slightest chance of a problem uh, with substances, go ask help. Go get some help. Go see a therapist. Go go see a professional on this stuff. Not not your mom and dad. Not not your aunt and uncle. Not your friends. But a professional and and uh, and find out and then start a program and get on it. And and you know once once I did that, I was. The, the freedom that I had was was so great. The, the, the freedom from from that mental cage that I was in, and, and I didn't even know I was in it, you know. And so uh, I did. I knew the second I learned that I was in the cage is when I was out of the cage. And I went, oh, okay. And and that's the way it's been recently. One final thing, Al. You mentioned cages around you that maybe it hindered you and in, in some of these issues that you had. This is a delicate question, but I feel like you answered it maybe in the book. Was one of those cages the answer name? No, no, it was not. That was uh, having being born where I was born was a total gift from God and. Um, the love that I had for racing happened right away when I was nine years old. My dad had a lot to do with that, you know, and, and so on. And, and really another one of the family members that, that, that truly really showed me the real love was my cousin, Bobby Jr. Hmm. Who mm, passed away this, yeah. this last June. And, 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 you know, um, it was no. The answer name was was definitely a, a, a something that helped me throughout my whole career. And having the experience of Dad and Uncle Bobby, you know, they were experts about. Uh, if I went to them and, and asked them about the car, about driving, about the setup of the car, what I need to do in the races and stuff like that. If I went and and asked them about mental illness, they would have said what. What's that? that? You know, there's there's no mental illness. You just gotta work hard and drive mm. hard and, and have the desire to go out there and just win. You know, <laughs> if if you don't have that, 
then, and, and I can hear Uncle Bobby saying it right now. If you don't have that desire, then you have mental illness. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, Uncle yes. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. The book is called Checkered Past. Al Unter Jr., Checkered Past. And Jade Gersh joining us for those two segments. You can watch the full interview on our YouTube page, Official Speed Freaks. It's uh, 55 minutes of awesome insight. We'll do it again tomorrow. Excuse me. We'll do it again next Sunday night. Shoot the juice to the moose and stat man. Cut it loose. See Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.